Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to listen to Jesus that we might discover the secret to following him and experiencing abundant, full, real, and eternal life. We ask in his name. Amen. So in our text from John 12, Jesus talks about life. He talks about following him. And this is one of the most puzzling and perplexing texts in the whole Bible. What in the world is he trying to say? If you love your life in this world, you're going to lose it. If you hate your life in this world, you're going to find it. Say what? But this text is also, in my estimation, one of the most powerful. One of the texts that really injects us with energy. And so let's take a look. Now, first of all, I want to talk about Jesus. Some Greeks come to Philip and say, we want to see Jesus. Philip goes and gets Andrew, and they together approach Jesus and say, there's some Greeks who want to see you. Now, we don't know what they were looking for. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, sort of as a blanket statement, says the Greeks are looking for wisdom. They're certainly not looking for what Jesus tells them. He says, you want to see me, the real me? You want to see what I'm about? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. You want to see me? Go to the cross. Watch me die. Now, what in the world? From our vantage point, that is probably one of the worst evangelism messages ever. I mean, these Greeks are seeking Jesus and he wants to talk about his death and what his death will accomplish. Huh. I wonder what the Greeks thought. We aren't told. But I want to share with you one of my favorite quotes from Soren Kierkegaard, a Danish Lutheran at the 17th, early 17th century, um, 18th well, late 17th, early 18th century. And Kierkegaard says, the view of the moment is an earthly 
way of looking at life and determining if anything is accomplished. The view of the moment never ever has seen such a loss of Christ's followers as when Christ was crucified. The view of the moment tells us that Jesus, his consecrated life, because of the cross, is a waste. But, says Kierkegaard, from the vantage point of eternity, the cross accomplishes everything. It meets our deepest heartfelt needs. The cross is shocking and surprising. from the vantage of the moment, but from the vantage point of eternity, it satisfies us like nothing else. You know, they, they say that one lightning strike has enough energy in it to power Los Angeles for a week if they could somehow capture. Well, Jesus and the cross are like a hundred thousand million liking strikes. Shocking and satisfying our heart. Now let's look at the text from our point of view. Let's talk about us. And Jesus says to us, if you love your life in this world, you're going to lose life. If you hate your life in this world, you're going to find life. Really? Well, we have to ask the question, what is the life in this world all about? What are people looking for? What are they searching for? What do they do in order to obtain life? Well, let's see. There's fortune, money, fame, friendship. There's even faithfulness to the law, the religious point of view. We think that if we do something, if we gain friends or fame or fortune, or if we're really religious and we follow God's law, that we will get life. That we will find life. And Jesus says, no, you won't. No, you won't. That's the way the world thinks. And don't you realize that what the world is really after 
in all of their searches and all of their seeking is to find a life that is significant, that has meaning, that has worth. All of those searches that this world engages in are really a search for the self, for our identity, for our significance. And this is where Paul comes in. And he says, uh, you know, religious people, they adhere to Leviticus 18, where if you do these things, you will live. And Paul says, okay, okay. Granted, you may live, you may have a better life in the world. And this is where the Boken thing kicks in. So you have to follow me on this. That's little life. Do you drive on the right side of the road? Well, that's good. That gives you a little life. You ever heard that story where the wife was watching TV and there was this crazy person driving the wrong way on a freeway, driving into traffic, and so she called her husband to warn him and say there's somebody out there driving the wrong way on the wrong side of the freeway, and he says, that ain't the half of it. There's hundreds of them out here. <laughs> so if you obey the rules of the road, you'll get small life. If you try to live in a generous and compassionate way, you'll get small life, okay? But you're not gonna get big life the life that Jesus is talking about. Paul says, the law won't justify you. The law won't make you righteous in God's sight. The law cannot give you worth and significance of an eternal nature that you experience now and will never lose for all of eternity. Only faith in Christ can give that. Are you beginning to see what's going on here? If you hate the world's perspective and the world's idea and the world's teaching of what will give you life, you're going to lose your life because it's all about you. And what you do, the only way to get life is to look at Jesus and what he has done, his gift of righteousness. You're justified by faith alone in him alone. Well, let's talk a little bit more about us. And in all of the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this same teaching appears. This is one of the great rarities that a teaching in the Gospel of John matches up with teachings 
in the other three Gospels. And I chose the Lucan version because Luke does something very significant. He adds the word daily. So here we go. Jesus tells his disciples, the Son of Man is going to go to Jerusalem. He will suffer at the hands of the religious leaders. And he will be killed. And after three days, he will be raised from the dead. What in the world is he talking about? Well, if you remember the context, Jesus has asked his disciples, who do you think I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ of God. So Jesus is giving his job description. This is what the Christ is going to do. He's going to suffer. He's going to die. He's going to be raised. And then he goes on and he says, Deny yourselves, take up your cross, and follow me. Well, there's a couple of comments we need to make here. The hardest thing in the world for me, and I'm assuming for you also, is to say, I can't do it. There's nothing I can do that will give me the kind of life God wants me to have. That's really tough. But the key is, take up your cross. Now, the commentaries are split on this, and there's even a hymn in the hymnal that kind of hedges on this. A lot of the commentaries say, well, taking up your cross means enduring suffering. Okay, folks. You don't take up your cross just to be nailed to it until you learn your lesson and then they take you down. You die. Taking up your cross means you're going to be killed. Denying yourself and dying to yourself are the same thing. Okay. How are we going to do that? Jesus says, whoever loves his life or whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will find it. Okay, watch the Balkan technique here. If you're basing big life on your little life, what you can do by keeping the rules and living in a respectful and obedient way, you're going to lose big life. If you think little life is the secret, and that's what you really need, you're going to lose big life. But if you lose your life, if you say, okay, Little life is fun, but it's not what I'm really after. I really want the kind of life that only God can give in Christ. So you have to give up on yourself, thinking you can do it, and realize that only Christ and his cross can give you big life. And then Jesus says, 
What does it profit a person? If they gain the whole world, everything the world has to offer, but they lose or forfeit their very self, their identity. Well, if your identity is what I do, your identity is forged by yourself by your doing, by your accomplishing, by your acquiring. That's the basic religion of the world. That's the basic religion of most Christian churches. You go to church and you get your assignment for the week, okay? You want to be a good Christian? Do this. But if you give up on yourself, if you lose the idea the thought, the scheme that you can do it, and you go to the cross, you experience the love of God in spades. You experience his gift of forgiveness, undeserved acceptance, unlimited love, unconditional in brief, Christ on the cross is dying that you might be righteous in God's eyes, that you might have eternal worth, everlasting significance, that your life might be imbued with real meaning and real power. Now, one final thought. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. That's true of Jesus. That's also true of you. Remember I said the reason I chose Luke is because of the word daily? Daily. This is hard, and I have difficulty with it, but daily I have to die to myself. I have to crucify myself. Well, actually, I have to let God crucify myself and put it to death. If you're going to have a life that accomplishes anything in this world, anything great, that is fruitful, you've got to die. Now, Luther, the first of his 95 theses, most of them aren't that good, but number one is really good. He says, when our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, says, repent, He's talking about a continuous, every day, every hour thing. And repentance in the Greek means to change your mind. To change your mind from trusting in yourself to trusting in Jesus. Killing yourself and coming alive in Christ.
If you're really going to be of any consequence in this world as a church or an individual Christian, you got to die. You got to die to your focus on yourself, to your thinking that you can do this thing called life by yourself. You need to die to that every doggone day. Um, for some of us, who are not quite as advanced in Christianity as, a, as I feel myself, I'm not. It's more like every hour. Because every hour, I think, if I just have this, or if I just do this, my life will be wonderful. I'll have life. That's when I have to go to the garage and get the nails out and go to the cross and die. Let me repeat that. If you're going to be of any consequence, any impact in this world of ours, daily you need to die to yourself and see Jesus dying for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, deep, deep within our hearts, we want so desperately to experience life in all of its fullness, real, eternal life, today and forever. Enable us today and every day to die to ourselves and to come alive as we see Jesus dying for us. We ask in his name. Amen.